Welcome to the For What It's Worth podcast. It is July 7th. Today is a gloomy evening. Enjoyed a bit of hot weather there for a bit, and uh, the heat wave sort of came around coming in from the West Coast. I know most of North America is going through that. And uh, I'm your host, Jordy, and with me I got my co-hosts, Eric and Austin. So uh, before we jump into anything here, how's your week going, Eric? Um, pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, no, it's actually been okay. Um, other than getting cortisone on my shoulder today, uh, not much to complain about. Been working, oh, making that yes. money. So how did that go? The, the, tell us about that experience again. This is my second court. Well, okay, okay. I screwed my shoulder up, my my right shoulder up a long time ago, and it healed great, wonderful. I know what I did to that shoulder. I hurt it. I screwed it up. My left shoulder just decided to start hurting out of nowhere. So I've been, uh, you know, doing the physio thing, the doctor thing, and uh, got a cortisone shot a while ago where they thought the problem was, wasn't there. Got ultrasounds done, and it turns out uh, my bursa is all screwed up in my shoulder. So it's been about a year and a half of inflammation, and uh, the doctor finally hit the right spot. And there was about like a friggin' centimeter of calcium he had to punch through to actually get into the bursa for the cortisone <laughs> shot. Yep. Uh, so it was a little <laughs> sounding. <laughs> it was bad. That's, and, that's uh, disgusting. Uh, so my shoulder's hurting extra right now just because they stuck a, a needle right to the bone. The best part is like, all right, I'm going straight to the bone. You're going to feel it. It's going to suck. I'm like, to the bone? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like yeah. how they didn't prepare you for this at all. No, I was not prepared. Um, anyway, we'll see so how it other feels. Than that, oh, other than that, it's been great. Yeah, making that money. Haven't stopped working since good. this whole COVID thing started. So. And I know you're like, I can't remember what they call it, but it's like a something file. The people that love like gloomy, wet, rainy uh, days. Pluvia file. Yeah. Pluvia file. Pluvia yeah, I... file. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I love, I love this this whole what you call gloomy weather to me. RTU is is beautiful to me, man. I love it. I love it as well. <laughs> it's, uh, it could be uh, cold. Like this. If it'd be cold and wet all the time, I would take it. Yeah, I agree. I enjoy the sun, man. I, I have enjoy that the unpopular sun. opinion. I mean, I prefer the winter over the summer. I prefer the negative 40 over the positive 40 or, you know. Yep. God. Yeah, nope, not me. I can't say the same. But uh, what about... Uh, your week, Austin. It's been good. I uh, got back into a video game that I have taken a long hiatus from uh, for no for no reason whatsoever. Uh, farming simulator. I'm, I've always kind of been into the idea of farming, but I'm not in a Hold farming up. family or nor do I have the farming? money to afford doing it. So farming? I play a game doing farming? it and it's fun. Farming? Did you say farming simulator? Yeah, farming simulator. Farming simulator. What do you do? Uh, it's basically like being a real farmer, and they try to make it as realistic as possible uh, to the extent really? you can go in a video game. It's Dear Lord, do you plow fields? Yeah, you plow fields, you plant them, you harvest them, but you can also work you got with it, you animals, got... forestry. Hot damn, Cletus! <laughs> <laughs> That's, no, that sounds, I've never played that game. I gotta check it out. I think you just got him all hot and bothered. I know Jordy is getting that known that game for a bit. <laughs> Get my John Deere. It's not a real John Deere. It's in a video I game. Actually, but... oh man, the amount of constraint that I'm having to exercise right now with the Steam Summer Sale is just 
it, it is very difficult for me. I have already spent about $20, which is nothing in the grand scheme of the Steam sale, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm not made of money right now. Let's just say that. Oh, I could relate and, uh, that. Baloney. But, uh, I, every <laughs> single summer Steam sale, I go off and uh, I end up buying quite a few games and spending 180 I think, on video games. Honestly, the thing I'm just looking forward to the most that I'm just like battening down the hatches for and trying to hold my money onto, uh, other than say trying to save money to buy a Nintendo Switch, um, I am super stoked for the uh, DLC coming out for Hearts of Iron. Yes. Oh, good lord, that's gonna be so cool! It if anyone really knows is. what Hearts of Iron is, Hearts of Iron uh, is like the premier grand strategy game in in all PC gaming. It's outrageous how friggin in depth this thing is it's so cool so fun if you're a world war ii uh enthusiast or uh, fancy yourself an armchair general it's pretty much the game for you hell yeah um so yeah you can check it out hearts of iron 4 we play a lot of it 1400 uh, hours <laughs> yeah yeah i'm a nerd yeah it's a problem yeah but, i'd say uh, the same thing about all of us though Myself, my right. week, honestly. Uh, just just before we get into a couple of juicy stories here, uh, shit's been rough, homie. Uh oh. Yeah. What'd you do? Uh, health. Uh, so I had a COVID scare. I'm really putting off getting. All right, the, nice. The vaccine. Let's do these stories. Uh, what's up first? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your words, they hurt. Awesome. That's what I wanted to hear. I uh, so yeah, you, I you've been I, feeling you've been feeling sick. You thought you had COVID. I had, and I, you know, with my luck, I I saw I was sitting there, getting sicker by the day, getting like that sore throat, and then like certain getting. It wasn't until I got a fever. I felt like shit all the the whole rest of it without the cough, but it yeah. wasn't until I got a fever did I suspect COVID. Now and did you get tested or no? No, I didn't. Uh-oh. So, I mean, I spoke to my doctor about all this stuff and everything yesterday, and it's now that I'm feeling better, it's really of no concern. But uh, Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, because I was planning to get the vaccine sometime this week. But I, I figured, man, I was just like, wow, this is it. This is This is life's cruel, cruel trick. Is Like a week before I was about to finally get the vaccine, it's going to take me out with COVID. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? I, just, <laughs> I was just like, oh, you cruel, cruel mistress. But uh, that's, that's how well, life I'm is, man. That's how life is, you know? Well, that's you, why you I figured be... that was going to happen. Yeah. It's, if, life has a, if life can screw you, from what I've, I've found in my 30 years, if life can screw you, it absolutely will. Without lube. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, what is it? It's uh, Rick and Morty or something, right? Doctor or uh, Mister Meesix, like existing, like existence is suffering or something like that. I, I can't uh, yeah. existence is pain or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. accurate. Um, yep, but yeah, other than that. that, I'm still alive. I'm still here. You feel better Maybe, now? Yeah, uh, feel better. Yeah, my throat is still killing me though. I don't know. Like it's the only thing that's left is just that throat soreness. And I think you were going through like similar, right, Eric? Uh, yeah, it, I, I don't know what it was. It was like two days of just like crappy feelings. Like my, my throat was all felt like I had swallowed like a bottle of nails or something like that. 
But it was only like when I talked too much. So I don't know if I just overdid it with talking for a couple of days or something. And like I was just, I wasn't getting good sleep and everything was just kind of piling on. But uh, yeah, I went we away really quick. We were supposed to record so. the podcast. And then, then you were just like, yeah. Can't really talk. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of pushed that back till today at the very least. But uh, honestly, in the day? it happened for a reason. Me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on the phone. Like, uh, my job, I mean, I work, I'm in warehousing, right? So, listen, I do, listen. Uh, hey, Eric, Eric never, he never stops talking. Okay? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I guess that's <laughs> why he's here, right? Talk, damn it. Let me talk. Anyway, I work, a, no, I'm kidding. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I think it happened for a reason because the delay of one day created a, a news story, a breaking news story. Uh, that we might not have been able to cover. Yeah, this for one's our first huge. episode ever. Otherwise, this one is huge. This one is huge. So, in short, story number one is amazing. I can't wait for this. <laughs> so, a man in uh, Vienna, Austria, he uh, kind of got a little scare of his life in uh, the, the the lavatoire. Jordi, uh, tell us how. So, I'll just read you this little snippet here. Uh, This happened in Graz, Austria. Uh, Or, sorry, Vienna, Austria. Uh, Basically, an Austrian had the kind of morning that nightmares are made of on Monday when a python slid through his drains and bit him while he was sitting on the toilet. The stunned 65-year-old in the city of Graz... Oh, it was Graz turned around shortly after 6 a.m. to see a roughly five-foot albino reticulated python in the bowl. Hold up. Police in the province of Styria said in the statement. Hold up. What? He lived 65 years. He's had 65 years on this earth. And this is probably the craziest thing that's ever happened to this guy. You're never too old. You're never too old. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Potential death is always just looming around the corner. So what? How did it, uh, how did a how did a python get in his toilet, man? Did he crap this thing out? So that's the that's the beauty of it. They have no idea. They have they think that it went through the piping, but yeah, okay, they, his they have no idea. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my poor man. And uh, <laughs> so just I'm sure you're all wondering. Okay, I bit him, but like where? And, <laughs> what, they said what right near the jet he felt a pinch at the genitals right yes yeah uh, so i think they're saying without directly saying that that python latched onto his nutsack oh, uh either that God. or got him right in the gooch Oof. unless this unless this guy is packing his own python then maybe it would have <laughs> been right on the tip of the penis but yeah oh snake fight <laughs> But uh, yeah, that that uh, that specific snake—it's uh, a constrictor. So luckily, uh, no law enforcement had to suck any venom out of uh, anything. That's no. good. And, uh, right? Yeah, no. I know this. <laughs> this was almost, uh, you know, right down your alley in in terms of categories on the on the <clears> hub, <throat> you know. But I'm uh, trying to say no, nothing, man. Different strokes <laughs> for different folks. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, they came. They removed it from the toilet. 
uh, dude is probably never going to sit down on another toilet without checking for snakes for the rest of his life. Uh, fortunately <laughs> for him, he's 65, so that's only like another 25, 30 years probably. Uh, um, too long. But yeah, it turns out it was his 24-year-old neighbor uh, who owns about 11 snakes. Uh, fortunately, all are non-venomous. But uh, yeah, now he's being charged uh, under suspicion of negligently causing bodily harm. So uh, I'm guessing his neighbor who got bit on the junk uh, probably wanted to press charges. I'm sure uh, it wasn't a little nibble. He got bit. Uh, yeah, I, they don't really go into detail, but like I like to think that his manhood was not mangled. Like It, it remains intact to this very Jordy. day. Jordy, he's 65. His manhood is mangled. <laughs> is that been mangled for future? some time is that it's been future? mangled for some time my dude i'm really not it looking is. forward to growing old uh but uh but yeah so that's our first story of the day uh probably you know if it wasn't for this next story it would have been probably the most catastrophic but oh uh, yeah okay what's up next unfortunately uh something more catastrophic happened uh, today specifically this morning at about 1 a.m uh the haiti president was assassinated uh the story is currently ongoing we're bits and pieces here and there trying to figure out uh how it happened why it happened obviously all, all your basic questions um but the problem arising is that uh it's quickly looking like a conspiracy and sorry, uh which, conspiracy a conspiracy uh-oh dun dun exactly right down our alley so as uh part of our mandate of this podcast we're gonna deep dive into this uh and i use that term incredibly loosely considering this happened uh i mean this like i said this story is yeah. uh breaking it's brand new yeah less so, than 24 hours so so what i have here for us uh it's a little snippet put together by cnn uh, a little news a snippet about uh what we know so far about the situation so i'll go ahead and play that for us first um and then that way we can kind of get a good basis a good understanding of uh, the fundamentals before we even start talking about it uh, Sounds let good. me know if uh this is uh you guys can hear this the assassination brings to an end the turbulent rule of Haiti's president, Jovenel Moïse, but leaves the impoverished Caribbean nation in turmoil. For months, there have been protests around the country demanding Moïse step down. The president held on to power while the opposition claimed his continued rule was unconstitutional. His critics argued that according to Haiti's constitution, his five-year term as president started the day he was elected rather than the day he took office. But Moïse argued it was a year later that marked the true beginning. Both the US and the UN supported his claim to remain in power. But there had been widespread concern when Moïse failed to hold legislative elections in 2019, leaving the country without a functioning government and a constitutional referendum postponed due to the coronavirus pandemic still hasn't taken place. Moise's presidency was plagued with a number of other problems. UN officials say the country has been rocked by an uptick in kidnappings for ransom 
and a wave of criminal violence in recent months fueled by armed gangs. Thousands were forced to flee their homes as shootings and arson spread across Port-au-Prince in June. The continued political instability has left Haiti's economy in shambles. The COVID pandemic contributed to a contraction of nearly 4% of the nation's GDP last year, and a spike in COVID cases has prompted a new state of emergency. All of this leading to a humanitarian crisis. According to the World Bank, nearly 60% of Haitians live below the poverty line. To make matters worse, Haiti is prone to natural disasters. The country never fully recovered from the catastrophic 2010 earthquake that killed over 200,000 people. And in 2016, Hurricane Matthew left hundreds dead and nearly 200,000 displaced. As the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere, Haiti has a long history of dictatorships and coups. Now the assassination of its president leaves the country's future in doubt. Melissa Bell, CNN, Paris. So yeah, things really cooked off in Haiti. Uh, and this all happened at 1 a.m. Uh, this morning. Oh, damn. So from what we know, essentially some armed gunmen, they forced their way into the, uh, the president's house up in the, the, the hillside and uh, started just, just opening fire on uh, him and his wife. Uh, so unfortunately, both of them are deceased. Uh, however, witness reports that, and this is where it gets really weird, uh, apparently the gunmen were, I believe, white. And they yeah. were speaking Spanish. Wow. Uh, oh. Yes. And on top of that, apparently, uh, from what the uh, couple of reports here talk about, they highlight that, um, so they were speaking English and Spanish. Uh, they definitely seemed out of place for the area. And the, I think one of the uh, the reports is that one of the, the gunmen yelled that they were DEA. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so it's just all over the place. And again, the, yeah. uh, the president's name is uh, Jovenel Moise. Yeah, so and, this uh, morning it's interesting because my buddy was joking at work that he had heard the, the the DEA apparently did it or whatever, or that it was private security that had done it. And I was like, what? There's no way. But now that I'm seeing this is actually in the news now that apparently yeah. they were saying they were DEA agents. What's the likelihood that like private security company could have been hired to do this? I would well, say high. I'd say quite high, considering the amount of militias in Haiti going on right now. Well, that's just a thing. Like, and again, we just heard that that news snippet about like the the ongoing destabilization uh, of Haiti. So, like, it wouldn't be uh, obviously like what's what's kind of on that theory that makes it all more pu all the more puzzling is that you every major nation, well, NATO nation. Uh, so the U.S., Canada, especially, um, they've all spoken out and really uh, denounced this this act. Um, for it to be DEA, like that's that's not it, yeah, that would make sense. Their business, yeah. Why would the DEA conduct a an operation to go and assassinate a a world leader? That's that's not their job. There's better units that could do that in this world. Uh, right, if America yeah. wanted to kill somebody, they, I mean, 
they've got agencies that are designed to worm their way into other governments and, and eliminate not people. Not to mention, if they're on such a high-profile mission, like assassinating another country's president, I don't think they're going to scream out who they are. And they I really, it's really not, don't it's, think they'd warn somebody who they are before they start opening fire anyways. They'd usually warn for talking, not shooting. Oh, yeah. Like, if it yeah. was U.S. involvement, you would assume a special forces would go in, super quiet, tap, tap, both dead, and then leave as if nothing happened. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. It's all misinformation. It's just to mislead people. Yeah. So if so then, let's say these people did go in and did yell that, they were doing that to misguide whoever might hear what they were doing. So, so now that brings us back to the question. The DEA, that takes away time that they can investigate whoever actually did it. True. Now, adding to this story, um, what makes this even more interesting is the fact that almost w- within, I believe, a few hours of this happening, uh, the uh government that uh because they have to they have to go through an election now right because their current president just got killed so in the meantime there has to be a standing government to be able to still govern the country and uh i can't remember who is at the head of that chair but um they've immediately put the entire country on lockdown not to mention their neighbors the dominican republic to their east um yeah totally closed off the border so the first thing that haiti did was their major airport uh they they locked it down no no planes in no planes out so it's very 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 likely that the gunmen are still in haiti oh uh, yeah and trapped inside haiti or this or alternatively if these guys were shooters hired shooters they're on a boat they're gone that's true that's true they might have been extracted already yeah um typically you wouldn't take a high profile you know way of transportation if you're hired to quickly in and out if you, which is, yeah, like it's just so, so this, if this is just some, some petty little gang or militia thing, this would have been a lot more sloppy. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. How do you get into the highest profile person in your country? How do you get into their compound and kill him yeah. and his wife? How do you do that without either, uh, hear, like, hear me out, inside job maybe? Well, well that's they, what I was did, thinking. Like a guard who is a part of it, who would be able to let them in. So, like, how do you get past these guys? Now, keep in mind the situation, the ongoing situation before he was assassinated was that he was going to refuse to step down from his presidency. Uh, he was essentially becoming more of a, an authoritarian dictator, um, but you know, not entirely a bad dictator. Like, not not your conventional. Obviously, the dude's no saint. Uh, he definitely a lot of flaws, and he was bringing some misery to the country. But as he was really trying to fix, it, it reminds me of like early fascism, of trying to like take a country in ruin and bring it back up to something that's strong. And you can't really do that in a democracy just because of how sloppy it is. With like, you know, you're in office for four years trying to enact a certain path follow a path of of a development and then the new president or whoever comes in after you totally switches directions you know it's hard to build off of that so it looks it reminds me of like early uh early fascism i guess kind of like in in, uh the immediate thing i thought obviously not comparing it to nazism at all but definitely like early germany um but that 
that means that there's going to be people in your political sphere in Haiti that are going to be pissed off because you're not going to step down. Uh, so is there motivation for, for assassination with that? And uh, the obvious answer is yes. Yeah. Um, but, it, and then, so dude speaking Spanish. Yeah. It's, uh, it's weird. There's all these, it, to me, it seems like they just amalgamated three, like a bunch of miscon, like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, misdirections. Like, mm. let's have the gunmen speak English, Spanish, and then say they're from the DEA. And then that way, like, nobody's well, going to yeah. know what direction to look in. In Haiti, they speak French or uh, Creole or Haitian, Haitian French. Right, exactly. Is, English so. is barely even a language there. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's very international minor. business business language, but that's it, you know. Like, so, so that, for English yeah. and Spanish to be spoken by these gunmen, like they're 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 paid. They're not. They're probably not a part of this island. And if they are, then they're probably very easily identifiable. Yeah, I don't think there's many people who speak Creole, French, Spanish, and English. Yeah, on that island. Yeah. so you probably be able to single them out pretty easily. So you think that they so, aren't the head of this, or you think that they were not the head of this, but rather paid by somebody else? Oh, yeah, 100%. That might, but I, honestly, I don't even know what to think because I'm about to throw another thing at you guys, which is just going to pose more questions. Uh, so among... There's been a recent... And, and this is kind of a rabbit hole that I, I only slightly went down because... I felt like uh, I was going to get lost to conspiracy if I kept going. But within the past year, since 2020, uh, there are many, not many, there's a few links that can be, be made. Uh, there was Tanzania and uh, there's another country. It starts with a Z. Z Zambia or something like that? Zambia or Zimbabwe? Which one? Not Zimbabwe. Yeah, I think it's Z Zambia. Zambia, that Zambia. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, Namibia is a country. Um, it doesn't have a, a Z. Zam yeah. So Zambia uh, and uh, Tanzania and Haiti. They all three countries refuse to make uh, vaccinations like mandatory in uh, yeah. in their countries. So then it went down to this concept of like is there a correlation between and all three of these countries leaders have been killed in the past year huh really so yes um now the tanzania presidency they that that, that president was uh deceased in 2020 like this isn't something that's happened within a few months of each other granted um and I can't remember the the Zambia president. I'd have to I'd have to double check that uh, and definitely uh, fact check me on this because again, this is just something I was reading in passing. So very uh, there's not much source to it, but yeah. the the idea really captivated me. It, it entertained the thought of is there potentially a correlation with the whole COVID global stage? Uh, is there potentially like okay like first world countries deciding that okay these idiots aren't going to for like get, put the vaccine on their people so let's take them out and put somebody in charge who will actually get that done um and granted i mean like when you think about it haiti's 
you know central caribbean like that's it's, it's really close to the the staging grounds of it's like a kind of like another cuba right uh potentially speaking and is it not threatening if you have like the this this young president coming in who's grabbing the country by the balls and trying to to really like turn it into something powerful well as powerful right. as a, a caribbean country can be right. like on the u.s well, if I'm the U.S. and that's to myself, and he's not, you know, he's making the country better. That's a problem. Oh, was he though? Is it... I don't know if he was changing the country for good. Because I mean, it's only yeah. been unrest. That's true. And that's even true. then, like, if you compare it to like uh, a Cuba thing, I mean, Cuba was just a fucking my, you know. Sorry, I swore there, but it was just. Oh a, no, we we swear all the time on this podcast. Was just a uh, little puppet for the Soviets, man. That's all it was. They well, yeah, weren't exactly. doing anything that was super cool. I mean, other than, you know, allowing the Soviets to put their 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 boom boom sticks on their land. So, yeah, and it's a hundred percent speculation. There's there's absolutely yeah. zero proof of that. But what we do know is that the shooters spoke Spanish, English. I believe they were white guys again, which is out of place for Haiti. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and that's now, uh, there's more than one reason why other factions or countries would have wanted this man dead yeah um now what spanish country has that power other than spain to do something like that though i mean <sighs> there's mexico mexico like, and, and mexico gotta, there's also power. there's there's the potential of corruption right like if this man was the caribbean is, is ridden with cartel stuff um because venezuela colombia like all these these major cartel areas are directly to their south yeah close and they need islands to kind of you know go through uh for for refueling and stuff like that so they is it you know I, i'm not going to go out and say that he had connections with any uh a cartel or anything but you know they may have had interest or involvement in all this considering all the gang violence going on in haiti right now so I, you don't know. We, we we really have no idea. We just know that the situation is incredibly weird, incredibly weird, and the well, president and his wife is dead. And something we have to do more looking into as well in the coming weeks. That part of the world, man. I mean, in 2020, just just the Caribbean area, South America, Central America. It was didn't in 2020 didn't a, a private military company attempt to infiltrate Venezuela? There was two former Green Berets that in 2020 were arrested. Really? Yeah, yeah. Here, uh, Silver Corp USA, led by Jordan Gaudreau, a former Canadian American special operator, uh, they were trying to organize the Macuto Bay incursion into Venezuela in May of 2020. They were captured, though. So they were private security guys, 60 of them, attempted to. Uh, Kill and capture, I guess, Venezuelan leaders or something like that. So, was it? Oh man, yeah. This kind of stuff isn't uh, unheard of in that part of the world. So no. Far. So, what what would a private military be interested in that for? Well, they'd be hired. It's all profit. They're hired by somebody. So you don't think it's actually their own personal dollars, interest? So it's no, no usually not, not. No, they're typically dudes with skills. And guns, 
yeah. and, and really skilled in those guns. And you can't get your own nation's military. Uh, you, you can't get blood on their hands in that sense if that's oh, your motive. Exactly. It's yeah, it's it's incredibly weird. I the whole thing uh, this literally just happened today, so obviously the the amount of information is very limited. But it's going to get interesting because from the looks of it, unless they're totally playing like "woe is me," the U.S. and Canada are incredibly pissed off by this. Like it, it really seems like there was a, a wrongdoing. Like a, this is a kind of a, a nation, and as Canadians, like we'd have close ties to Haiti. Like it's, we we help them a lot. Um, but yeah, it's, it doesn't look good. It doesn't like the U S president, Joe Biden, uh, called it heinous. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see what comes of that. We will see, but, but it uh, is easy for a tragedy at your hands to take place. And then when the news comes back, you know, you say, oh my goodness, that's horrible. Yeah, that is exactly. very easy to do. This classic playing the victim, like, oh my god, what, what happened? Oh my god, that's tragic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's not. And would we put it past a government entity of a first world nation to do something like that? Mm, no, no, I wouldn't. Uh, so, anyways, that's 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 the most breaking story. It's the most uh, forefront story of today. Um, and then we're gonna move on to uh, a little bit of a. A very spooky story, actually. It's not as um, critical in the in, in terms of urgency, but in terms of impact, like this is something that that it, without over exaggerating, best way I can put it is going to be the cause of a potential third world war, um, which is. Uh, in the Asian Hemisphere, looking at uh, China and Taiwan. So, this story is interesting uh, because, like, there's a there's a lot of just kind of observation from the outside. Uh, obviously, China very secretive with their affairs, um, and as we know, ever since, as far as we can remember, the uh, Taiwan. Taiwan and China have, you know, China wants Taiwan. It's never been a secret. It's they've continually tried pushing. They they're creating these these man-made islands in the Pacific to try and uh, gain influence and power in the area, more control uh, of shipping, etc. Um, but recently, uh, and this was uh, an article published uh, on June twelfth, so uh, about a month ago, um, Taiwan. Foreign minister warns of a military assault from China. Uh, so shit is heating up real bad. Um, so if I read the article uh, verbatim, China has issued a chilling warning to Taiwan, telling the island nation to quote unquote prepare for war amid mounting fears of an international open conflict. Um, the messages serve as a, a hair raising insight into Beijing's well-known stance on Taiwan over which it claims sovereignty. These were published um, by the, uh, the like so the art like the article propaganda pieces I guess you would say were uh, published by the People's Liberation Army 80th Group, um, and a uh, propaganda poster. Uh, basically, there was one published by them that depicted military rockets being fired besides 
uh, beside the words uh, prepare for war. So Bam. China's rolling out propaganda. Yeah, like they're China's essentially saying war is coming. Like not an if or a when or a but, but they're they're starting to. It's shit's hitting the fan. Um and so according to a couple articles, uh troops in the 80th group uh army, which is deployed in China's uh Shandong province, vowed to obey all commands and fear no challenges. So they're uh they're they're standing by. And uh, yeah. the soldiers also promised to fight for dignity without fear of death, according to the uh, the campaign material, aka propaganda. I already don't uh, buy that. Also, yeah, exactly. Um, and a part of this propaganda is also a music video featuring videos of tanks and soldiers and rocket explosions. Like they're they're going full like uh, 1936, 1937 Nazi Germany prepare for war uh, in terms yeah. of Joseph Goebbels propaganda. Um, now, so there's this thing called the China Nine Dash Line, and it's basically where China believes it has authority, and it's kind of this this, this sea mass in between Malaysia slash Singapore, the Philippines, and Vietnam. That that little like uh, China Sea, I guess, is what you would call it. They consider it their sphere of influence. Exactly. And that's where they're building their man-made islands and stuff like that. So, but it's like not official. So, and and obviously, uh, then we look north at North Korea, South Korea. Like, there's very we we the the whole situation there is incredibly volatile right now. We have China, who's essentially threatening war on Taiwan. Uh, they're starting to flex, and then we have. North Korea and South Korea. North Korea still heavily, heavily within China's influence and South Korea being heavily in the U.S.'s sphere of influence. Then we have Taiwan in the U.S. sphere of influence. And uh, then we have Australia as well in, in uh, the U.S. influence. Uh, and then we have a bunch of wild cards, Vietnam, Malaysia, Brunei, Philippines, who are all like split allegiances between the, these two influences. Uh, and then obviously Big Daddy Russia up to the north. So the whole situation is it almost feels like a like a matchbook and just waiting for for a spark yeah but but uh yeah that being said um china is not stepping down from this they uh obviously the us is not too happy uh countries are speaking out of, against it um but none really kind of digging their heels in the sand i don't think a country has come out to really defend no. taiwan yet so i think that's because this is just happening over and over again i mean the whole part of the world has been flexing on each other for decades and decades and decades i mean shit taiwan is is what's left of nationalist china technically that's where they ended up yeah. after the chinese civil war right so yeah uh i mean so then technically this has been happening since the 40s so I don't know if the likelihood of this actually cooking off is high. And I found one thing funny in, that, in an article there where the soldiers promised to fight for dignity without fear of death. And lately, Chinese generals have been shit-talking their own soldiers for being uh, spoiled, uh, like, single children from, you know, single children families. They were pampered, spoiled young men that got everything they wanted, so they're terrible soldiers and shit like that. So, like, I don't know. I don't buy that Chinese military is even a threat, to be honest with you. I also yeah, saw yeah, something very recently 
And I don't have the article up in front of me, so I can't quote it or anything. But I saw something about China was also they were introducing a policy or maybe they already implemented it to make men. Well, sorry, schoolboys, but, you know, eventually turn into men who are more manly. So perhaps this has ties to that. Like what oh, I yeah. said, I mean. Oh, yeah, they, they, their generals talk crap about their soldiers all the time because they're. They can't take orders. They can't listen. They they can't, you know, they're all <laughs> spoiled little brats who got everything they wanted because they came from single children families because China's former one-child policy meant that they kept the boys and got rid of the girls and they spoiled the living crap out of these boys. So they, they don't like to listen to their leaders and shit like that. So, yeah, I don't but know. that aside, right? That aside, that's that's like a, an inner conflict that would weaken their forces, sure. Right. I don't um, think they have the balls of the gall to actually follow through with their orders. And I, I personally believe, say say China decided, you know what, they hit the declare war button. I feel like a lot of soldiers wouldn't obey. I think they would defect. I think you'd see a mass issue and a mass personnel issue within China's military. Yeah, that's totally possible. But like... What we can't ignore here, so yes, this has been going on for a very long time, kind of like the the North Korean South Korea thing. Um, but honestly, uh, what's worrying is that Taiwan's been pretty strong and adamant in, through all out this time, right, of this happening. Like they've never been too 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 worried. Like they knew they had the back in the U.S. and stuff. Uh, but they're they're coming out now and saying that they that they think that China is serious. Uh, they're noticing increased military drills and aggression, um, and they also uh, highlighted. I think uh, they yeah they highlighted saying if you look at the numbers of sorties, uh, yeah sorties. I, I don't even know how to say that in English because it's, it's immediately sorties. French. Sorties, yeah. Um, it's around two thousand nine hundred times last year. Uh, which is a, a huge threat increase from uh, the previous years. Do you think it's uh, still big stick diplomacy or do you think they are actually being serious? Well, so based off of uh, intelligence reports collected by the U.S., uh, they and Taiwan, uh, satellite footage mainly, they, they know, they're noticing um, massive troop mobilization near uh, some of the major ports in China that would be the closest ports to uh, an amphibious assault on Taiwan. So there's worry there. Um, there's also a lot of worry that, uh, so part of this war has already begun essentially, which is something I haven't mentioned yet, which is that, uh, China has been cyber attacking Taiwan and China. The goal for cyber attacking Taiwan is to shut down their, their economy and essentially cut them off from the rest of the world. So if they can isolate them and destroy their economy that way, um then it's like a it's that very futuristic like cyber warfare that movies like hollywood has always portrayed but we haven't really seen much of yeah so i think it's happening this is the the beginning of that cyber warfare for sure we see proof of that but at, at, as well as this uh this might turn into an actual violent conflict uh like, cuz taiwan might have nowhere left to go they might have to fight you know yeah in terms of like a cyber war though it, it... How far can you reach with the cyber war? I mean, you hack Taiwan and screw them up. You just get hacked back. It, Not, it, it, maybe if you have other countries well, that are looking out for you. But like, think of yourself as Taiwan, right? Um, they're strategic, you're, you're, and I do believe if they got screwed with it, they'd be backed. If I think your economy is uh, shut down, 
you have to turn somewhere that's willing to accept you. And if they're forced to look at China, they're really stuck. And that's there. why, Ch- right? Exactly, because they like if they can't trade with anybody else because China is controlling the seas around them, then they're they're forced to to turn to China and, and bend the knee, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, say it does. Say it went, or say it went hot. I just smashed my mic in my face. Uh, say it went <laughs> hot. Um. By the way, have you guys been hearing the the dog this entire time? I heard a little bit. Yeah. Like it's not obnoxious or anything? Uh, not right now. I don't hear it. Uh, if it went hot, I, honest to God, think China's screwed. Entirely screwed. Russia will back them. On how it goes oh, yeah. hot. Russia would absolutely back them. Not, I don't think so. Russia would back think China, you think? Or Republic of China? I don't think, I don't think Russia would back uh, uh, China, CCP. Was, is this still the, the PRC? Is that what The China, PRC like? and the ROC, yeah. Yeah. So who's the ROC? That's Taiwan, right? That's Taiwan. Yes. Yeah, and the PRC. Is, yeah, can you hear Peoples. the dog right now? I heard a squeak, yeah. That dang okay. dog. Um, I'll be right back. You guys continue talking about this. Sure. I honestly, God, think that Russia wouldn't back China. I think so as well. I think they're, I think they're too weak. I think... I don't know if they have as much of an investment in the Pacific as China does. And I don't think they care enough. And I when think there's always been bad blood. It was good for both of them if they both thrived, but now neither yeah. of them are communist. Now I'm hearing increasing reports saying that Vladimir Putin's actually not a fan of the uh, Chinese leaders. Oh yeah, no. And um, what did I hear? Also, I heard, uh, well, didn't they sever? Didn't Russia and China sever military ties like quite a while ago? Maybe it's back now. The only thing I, I heard myself. that was back now is they are building a pipeline to, I think it's natural gas, but I don't remember, but to uh, be major trading partners between each other w- with some sort of fuel or some sort of, you know, okay. very important commodity. I so I heard that there's Say's. a pipeline being built, but other than that, I think their military ties. Yes, I agree. I think have been cut. Because if they were to attack Taiwan, what does what does Russia have to benefit backing China? There is really China's none. claims. There's no benefit. They gain nothing from China expanding into the Pacific, other than losing their own money fighting in a war, which is not profitable. Mm-hmm. Which is another reason why they and, wouldn't do it. And the I'm Russian military, way, but yeah, no. I the thing is like. If Russia, let's say, let's say it all kicks off, Russia is not going to let China fall and then have no partner in the end, right? Like, but they're not really a partner as they're it not is partners. right now. Russia does so much trade with the U.S. and Canada; it's not profitable for them to go into a war at all. Hmm. And they're and they're tied down. Their military is uh, extremely weak. Russia uh, is like a. Uh, He's like the bully on the internet that can talk shit all day, you know, fight me pussy. And then, uh, you know, Taiwan would be really the guy who's like, say that to my face and not on the internet, you little bitch. I don't think they won't. <laughs> because, because, I don't think they have any. Well, honest. they don't. And I think Russia knows better than to back China. Russia has nothing to gain from Chinese expansionism at all. They and the way the world works it. right now, if something's not profitable, you're probably not going to do it. That's and true. they're tied. That they're tied true. down in, in in the in the Crimea. They're tied down, worrying about the west of their country, not the east. So then it comes to subversive activities, right? Like if you're China, um, 
they have a lot of influence in Canada, right? Um, they don't control us, but they definitely have a lot more influence in Canada than they ever have. And I what, think they don't control strategy. Us? I don't think their strategy is to turn to Russia because I don't think Russia would agree with that. I truly no, think but maybe they can. They have some it's other like nineteen thirty. This is this is your domain, uh, Eric. What was it the uh, the, the uh, demand the Sudetenland? Yeah, what about nineteen thirty eight? Was that it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about it? Um. It could honestly just be a situation like that where China's just like, listen, Taiwan, ours, uh, we have all this. We could attack if we wanted to, but we're... I think we've learned that appeasement policies don't work, though. And If I, their I economy think that... is in the drain, then maybe they but won't. But appeasement, uh, asking for appeasement when you have an influence in that other country's government. What about that? Yeah, but Taiwan is American-influenced. They, they, 99% of the stuff they do is America-related. What if America Canada makes... backed them? Back to China, they what? What? Back, honest to God, what does political backing from Canada do? <laughs> That's is, a fair point. Is China going to be like, oh, dude, we got Canada on our sides, we can do anything? No, well, we can't help them. It has no our political backing is, is, is moot. We're Wouldn't that we be a, an interesting Hollywood movie instead of like Red Dawn? It'd be like kind of Red Dawn, but Canada's on China's team, so China Ugh. like. Lands a bunch of troops in Canada, and then that's it's Canadians and Chinese fighting against. So basically, think of, like if BC was all of Canada. <laughs> yeah. No, the thing is, is like, I just don't think on a grand scale, you know, east, west, north, or south, that China has enough backing, enough allies, or enough countries that give a shit about what they're doing to actually do what they want to do. So I if think you're a just... betting man, you're putting your money down on empty threats. Absolutely. And it'll yeah, stay that way you for Austin. 40 years. I don't think they're betting... threats. I'm putting my, nope. down on my money on them being true threats. And, and if that's I don't the case, think it's going to be via war. Case... I think it's going to be via a, you know, like you guys said, appeasement via a ultimatum. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sure, and it's not going to work, if you ask me. I don't think enough people would... I don't think people are scared of China in that regard. I just don't. They're trying to make at the end of the day, of At the end of the day, China has more enemies than friends. They Far do. more enemies than friends. And China's friends aren't strong. If you look at their, their realm of influence, who are they influencing that's truly a threat to the rest of the world? Malaysia? Brunei? Are you scared yeah. of those countries? Because I certainly am not. I, 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 just, I just don't think that on a true power scale, in a conventional war, they would lose. Uh, in a cyber war, well, you know what? That could go forever. But it, it benefits nobody because they... That's I where I'm putting be, my money. I think it would be an equal ground fight and both sides would be like, well, this is dumb. We're getting nothing out of this. We're broke now. <laughs> We're equally well, as broke yeah, as we would have yeah. been without the dead bodies stacking up. So I don't yeah, know. I over just don't Taiwan. Think Personally, honestly, uh, say there was a conventional war. Say, uh, say, say China invaded Taiwan, and the rest of NATO or UN reacted and backed Taiwan like we're supposed to do. China would be invaded and 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 curb stomped within three months, four months. Indeed, the Indian Indi- Indian military from the south, uh, South Korea, Japan, all these countries like. They just wouldn't stand a chance. They wouldn't stand a chance. I think they would, honest to God, be squashed extremely fast. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd put my money down on cyber attack. That's why, because like you said, like conventional warfare, I find it's unsustainable, unlikely. Uh, cyber warfare, yeah, I can do that all day. And the fact that the Chinese military, in terms of training, equipment, all that stuff, is wildly inferior to NATO. Wildly inferior to NATO. So yeah, I mean, come at me with your Soviet tank, bro. I dare you. Like I'm gonna throw, a, <laughs> I'm gonna throw a Molotov cocktail at your tank, and and your tank will cook off and kill four more tanks. So <laughs> try me. That's uh, yeah. It's NATO has the uh, the technological advancement. That's for sure. But uh, yeah. Now, before uh, we run out of time here, I know uh, Austin wanted to speak about uh, a story that uh, he just came across today. Uh, do you want to uh, go ahead and lead us with that, Austin? Yeah, absolutely. This is a few hours ago. Um, so Donald Trump, uh, as some people may know, he was banned on Twitter. I'm pretty sure all Google platforms like YouTube and stuff and on uh, Facebook. <laughs> and... He has stepped out, or not stepped out, but come out and declared that he is going to be filing a class action lawsuit against all three of those companies, Facebook, Twitter, and Google, and their CEOs. Uh, Now, he said specifically, he thinks that it's, or he's doing this because he thinks that he was censored. He thinks that he was unfairly treated and he thinks that these companies are just going out and you know blacklisting people who aren't sharing their political agenda and so he says that he wants this to be the end of it and he's going to make sure it's the end of it now good (laughs) i don't know what you guys think about it i personally speculate it has a lot to do with recently the founder of Project Veritas, James O'Keefe stepped out saying that he was suing Twitter for also blacklisting him. So I feel like this maybe I speculate that this maybe gave him the confidence to do the same. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, it's like now it's now or never kind of thing. Exactly. Project Veritas starting the movement. Want to explain Veritas real quick? Yes. uh, For our listeners. It's hard to explain them because they do so much, but they're also extremely controversial. Uh, they're a non-for-profit organization in the United States that that use uh, methods that people would consider borderline unethical, like you know, videotaping when you're not supposed to, or you know, taping private like calls, blowing, recording, and they use this to expose people for what they see as unethical. Oh, huh, okay. So, okay. I guess I'll give you guys an example, just a quick one. Uh, one of the ones that they did was. They were unimpressed with, I guess, how CNN was doing business. So I don't know how it happened. I don't know if it's whether they don't want to tell anybody or whether I just don't know. But they got somebody in to the inside of CNN and recorded a man who was exposing a bunch of information. And then they let those recordings out. So it's like that. that's the kind of stuff that they do. Okay. Can't say I'm against that. So like public surveillance. Basically, but which, you know, which I'm pretty sure in Canada you're legally allowed to do public. Oh yeah, in so. Canada it's totally legal. I don't know. It's, uh, I, think, I think it's in Canada. I think it's legal in the states too. So yeah, I think you'd people, be arrested if by people now don't if it was illegal. If people don't like that, uh, too bad. They should it's be allowed. watching yeah. what they're doing. You know, I mean, if, if now I'm I'm pro. I I don't like Donald Trump. Don't get me wrong. I I just as a person, he annoys the crap out of me. Um, yes. 
<laughs> what, what can I say? Uh, it's not a political thing. It's just as a person, he annoys the crap out of me. Um, but absolutely, sue the crap out of these companies, man. Because these companies, if people haven't noticed it yet, they push a one-sided political agenda. It's what they do. They're owned. People own these companies. And and yeah, absolutely. He, he's been censored. He's His freedom of speech has been taken from him on you know the internet so yeah uh do it well i mean when Tell you them. see misinformation flying all over twitter and facebook action, and you said google yes. all the time and only some selected people are banned for it you gotta think something's up at that point yeah definitely yeah. like the so it's a class action that he's starting against all three a class action against all three and their ceos which is crazy Who, who's gonna jump like are they they are they censoring right wing people left and right willy nilly? Is that why is he's going for a class action? That's what I they would... claim. That's what Donald Trump. Actually, yeah. I don't know if Donald Trump claims it, but that's what James O'Keefe has claimed. Well, didn't um, in in terms of right wing people, didn't uh, Stephen Crowder almost get kicked off YouTube? He's fighting them right now to stay on YouTube, and he's a he's a. Uh, what do you call it? A uh, controversial right winger? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just feel like uh, if you and now nowadays, if you're if you have any sort of right wing belief and you make it public, you are a target for attacks and it's US, accepted yes. even in Canada. And it is it is socially accepted to attack someone who identifies as a right winger, even sent like right center. And but if you decide you want to speak out against someone who's center left or left, you're a bad person. Yeah. So I don't know. It's strange to me. It's we live in a strange time. It is very strange. And that's why I'm which happy is why I support are. this, because yeah. I'm all pro I'm pro free speech. I'm pro being allowed to say what the hell you want to say, regardless of whose feelings it hurts. People Whether need to toughen up. Right. Exactly. I, left, right, center. I don't care who you are. Be prepared in life to get your feelings hurt. You, you shouldn't can't have to make your own opinion if you're censoring, you know, one side of the people who are going out and preaching it. So, sure, exactly. Uh, personally, I'm super interested to see where this class action goes. Like, I think, I I, I hope me, it goes. Somewhere. What it means? Well, yeah. Like to me, what it means is, should they be successful? It, again, it's like another now or never thing. It, it's really they they. We we can acknowledge two things, and this has been really the focal point of a lot of talk concerning the tech industry in North America, is A, they have incredible influence and power over society in our hemisphere, Undoubtedly. Uh, which has grown to globally, arguably, and then B, that there's not enough legislation in place to to control the, these platforms, these outlets, Um not in a censorship kind of way, but in a uh, enforcing, right, exactly, enforcing neutrality and enforcing uh, a freedom, like, you know, enforcing the, the laws of, of the land yes. on them. So they've kind of been able to do whatever the hell they want whenever people, they want because of gonna, that legislation lacking. This is going to hurt people's feelings. People say Joseph Goebbels was a hell of a propagandist. I uh, think Mark Zuckerberg is probably one of the biggest and best propagandists in the world. Oh, absolutely. And he's not alone up there. There's like uh He is a silent puppeteer, my friend. He does. It's like the owner of the BBC. I can't remember his name now. 
but uh, yeah, I'm just, we'll, we'll be getting into stories like that in the future, going further down that rabbit hole with I'm the, glad, these major companies. I'm glad he's doing this now, and uh, it kind of aligns with in Canada. Bill C10 didn't go through, which is for good. now. For now, yeah, for now, which is good. It's a right it's a step in the right direction that it didn't go through for now. Yeah. Um, people obviously want to fight for the right to be able to say what they want on the internet without having interference. Um, but free speech has been controversial for a while, and I definitely would like to talk more about that free speech and, you know, maybe how hate speech laws have technically taken free speech away from every individual in Canada, at yeah. least. It'd, it'd be interesting to dive into that. So yeah, we're we're gonna have a whole 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 can of worms to to open up here in the future, and every ongoing episode for uh, in the for what it's worth podcast, like we're gonna. We're going to have so many opportunities to dive further into this stuff and really like allow ourselves to go down the rabbit hole. Uh, and it's all just so much and so little time. So uh, I guess uh, we'll, uh, we'll end it here for, uh, for this episode. I hopefully a, a good successful first episode. And uh, as much as I would like to continue going down this, this rabbit hole with you guys, we'll, uh, we'll save that for our next episode uh, hopefully, um, maybe we'll deep dive into uh, freedom of speech, like uh, we were just talking about, and uh, maybe we'll, uh, we'll we'll switch it up a little bit too and uh, hit the paranormal side of life. But uh. Uh, other than that, is there any closing statements that either of you guys have? Hmm. Oh, that sounds that sounds great. Um, to me. I think uh, for me, let's close this out with: if you're gonna punish Olympic runners for smoking weed. Uh, y'all need to change your fucking thought process. All right, all right. Yeah, seriously. Uh, this the fact is, that I she can no run. What you're talking about? Oh, okay. Well, some uh, uh, an Olympic runner uh got just DQ'd because she had had smoked weed and had, I guess, trace amounts of marijuana in her system. And you're not allowed to do nice. that. Nice. They run. declared but it listen a performance enhancement drug. If you can smoke <laughs> weed and run at an Olympic level, you should get. <laughs> Two fucking medals. Okay? Yeah, seriously. Good lord. All right. Anyway, that's what I. That's my closing statement. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> that's a good one, Austin. Anything? No, that's perfect. Uh, I'm. I've been really closely paying attention to this whole freedom of speech situation in the United States and uh, Canada. So I'm excited to keep going further with that as we progress through this podcast together. Awesome. Once again. Episode one of the For What It's Worth podcast. I don't know what I'm going to call this one yet, but thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, again, you can find us on Spotify, uh, iTunes, basically wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you guys next week in episode two. Bye bye. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>